Well, I'm going to dig right in. And as um, soon as I dig in, start the clock. As soon as I finish, finish reading the word, you don't, ever start to, you don't ever start a clock until the preacher starts preaching. When he's reading the word, when he reading the word, that's just intro. So you don't, you don't, you don't start the clock. That's lesson number one. All right. <laughs> Amen. Well, well, um, if y'all could give me a little bit more sound so I won't lose my voice. If, unless it, if it'll mess you up out there, just a little bit more sound so I can hear myself. If it whistles, just stop it. I don't want to mess up the sound system. But I just want to hear myself. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting a little older, so I'll, I'll yell till I lose my voice if I don't hear myself. My wife uh, sends her greetings. My wife, uh, Yvette Mason, she uh, would have loved to be here, but um, she probably would have come instead. She was like, you're going to Vegas? I want to go to Vegas, you know? Um, and so, um, but she's she's home. She um, uh, is dealing with a lot of health challenges. She had a, her sixth bout with cancer last year, so. But um, God uh, is, is working through it, and so, um, but we want, it, we want it by God. We believe in God for another healing, so. Um, and so. We're excited about that and thankful for that. All right, well, let's go ahead and dig in. Um, turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and then I want you to hold your finger there and go over to Judges chapter 6. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Now, I'm a little old school, so if y'all don't mind standing while the word is read, y'all don't mind, do y'all? That's the, that's the old schoolness in me. Amen, amen, amen. All right. I'll be reading from the CSB version. I'll start in verse 3. It says, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful. Somebody say powerful. 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 Our weapons are powerful through God for the demolition of, of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought. Somebody say every thought. Every thought, every thought captive to obey Christ. Let's go over. Uh, hold your finger there and jump on over to Judges chapter 6. If you, if, if you don't have your Bible, use your phone. If you don't have your phone, let's go over to Judges, the sixth chapter together, and I'll read a few verses out of here. And we'll cover some ground and get started. Says in verse uh, 11 of uh, Judges. I'm in Joshua. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Them J's look alike. So, yeah, Judges chapter 6. There we go. All right. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah. Not Oprah, but Ophrah. Which belonged to Joash. The Abiazarite, his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, please. <laughs> My Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where is all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength of uh, strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I 
am sending you. For the time that we're together, I'd like to talk briefly about how to destroy the strongholds in your life. How to destroy the strongholds in your life. Let's go before the Lord. Lord, uh, you are the God of breakthrough. You are the God of strength. And God, I'm believing you to stretch your hand over this place and break bonds and shackles and bands in this place. Uh, somebody, many bodies came in here with destructive forces raging against them. And they're on lockdown. Lord, I'm praying in Jesus' mighty name that you would come against every force and that you would uh, help them to invoke Yeshua's name in this place uh, to see freedom and power and might in their lives. Let the words of my mouth and message of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer, and whom we trust in Jesus' name. Everybody with that said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Can I have that water? Thank you, Pastor. How to destroy the strongholds in your life. Um, I got a house. My, my wife and I bought a house uh, about six, almost seven years ago. Um, and it's, uh, you know, in Philly, everything's old, you know. You'll see some houses from the 1700s, all right? Um, but that, Europe will say, that's not old, y'all a young country. But for us, that's old. Um, my house will be 100 years old next year. Um, and it's been rehabbed, kind of. Um, some of y'all might know what I'm talking about if you've ever had a rehabbed older home. But um, one day we saw water coming from the outside of my home, and, and, and I was like, man, what in the world is that? And so I got somebody to check it out, and they started working on it and working on it on, on the outside. And as they began to work on this water puddle that just kept coming streaming down the front of my house, um, we began to realize that we weren't getting the help that we needed in order to take care of this issue. And so I ended up, um, I ended up getting someone else to come in. And when the guy came in, he looked, and he said, this doesn't seem to have an origin from the outside. And so he went into my house and all of a sudden, water just started flowing down inside of my house, bursting through my ceiling on my first floor. And as that began, as that began to happen and as I began to deal with those challenges with that situation, he went in and we got a plumber. The plumber went in the house, he tore open the wall and he said, sir, you have an old copper pipe system, and this copper pipe system has burst, and this, sir, isn't water, it's excrement. And so not only was it not water, Pastor, uh, it, 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 was, it was messier than I thought. It wasn't only messy because I thought it was an external issue, but it was actually an internal issue. The actual thing that I thought was leaking was worse than what I actually thought it was, and it was covered up, but I was treating an uh, internal issue with external things. And many of us in our lives, we have been treating external issues, internal issues in our life with external things. And one, 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 of the, one of the things in our lives that we love to do is we have what's called functional saviors. A functional savior is that which it doesn't save you for real, for real. But what it does is it, is, it, is, it, is it holds you over in your feelings without dealing with you in truth. And it, but that's why David said um, 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 he desires truth in the inner man. In other words, God wants us to be changed for real, for real. Somebody say for real, for real. God, God don't want fake change, listen to me, in your life. He wants real change in your life. How many of you want real change in your life? In every area of your life, you want God to turn it upside down. Now, hold your hand up in the air. 
Let me tell you what. Be careful what you ask for, family. Because as they say in the South, God finna tear something up. All right? And so, 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 so when you are wanting, you put your hands down now, uh, um, but you acting like with your hand up, you really want that work from God. But when he bring the work, it's going to be painful, but it's going to be great. And you're going to get on the other side of it, and you're going to be so glad that God allowed you to unearth some stuff from your background, unearth some stuff from your past, unearth some stuff that you didn't even know was there to take you not only from spiritual death to spiritual life, but spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. That's what God is trying to do in your life. God, listen, he wants to take you from spiritual death to spiritual life. That's getting saved. But, but once you get saved, you can't just have fire insurance. God expects fruit bearing and growth. That's called taking you from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. That's talking about going from milk to meat. That means you can't be on breast milk and Similac all your life. One day, you got to go steakhouse Bible. But in order to get there, but listen, in order to get there, you're going to have to have some work. Somebody say work. All right. So here... Paul does an outstanding job of giving us, we're going we're gonna to give a theological framework for what we're going to deal with tonight, and then we're going to go to a case study. We're going to get a case study, we're going to see, we're gonna see what, what is a stronghold, because I think it's very, very important that, uh, uh, um, that we understand what a stronghold is. You can run that clock, y'all better run that clock because I'll talk. Run the clock, it's, it's still say 40, you can go ahead and push... Whatever you got to push. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, that he talks about the fact that we are in a particular situation. And he says, for we who live in the flesh, we do not wage war against the flesh. In other words, you can't bring a gat to a spiritual battle. Oh, y'all don't know what a gat is. My bad. Um, a gun, a 9mm, an AR-15, a Dragon All Snipe Rifle, an AK-47. You understand what I'm saying? You, 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 can't, you can't bring a street sweeper to... <laughs> Some of my quadruple OGs in the room know what I'm talking about. You can't bring, but that, you can't fight Satan with bullets. He said the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powered for the destruction of fortresses. We take every thought, somebody say every thought. We take it captive to obey Jesus. Now, what is a stronghold? What's interesting is many of us think of a stronghold in a particular way, but a stronghold, listen to me, is this, and you may want to write it down. A stronghold is a mindset, value system, or thought process that hinders your growth. Let me say it again. A stronghold, based on the text, remember, Paul is talking about we're taking thoughts captive. He didn't say sins. I'll explain that in a second. Because, because, with, because the thought is what helps you to sin. See, 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 I call strongholds unbelieving belief systems. In other words, it's, your, it's, 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 it's the unbiblical Bible that you have in your heart and mind. 
It's those things that you believe that's really the foundation for your thought, not Jesus and his word. And so a stronghold is a mindset, a value system, and a thought process that hinders growth. I like the way one writer says, he says, most of us think of strongholds as bondages such as sexual trespasses and <clears throat> drug addictions, alcoholism, outward sins we put at the top of our worst sins list. He says, but Paul is referring to something far more diabolical. He says, a stronghold is an accusation firmly planted in your mind. It's used by Satan to make you have misconceptions about life, God, and people, and yourself. See, when you believe misconceptions that aren't based on scripture, if you believe misconceptions about sexuality, if you believe misconceptions about family, if you believe misconceptions about relationships, if you have misconceptions about your identity and who you are, if you have misconceptions about children, if you have misconceptions about anything in your life, what that is is a stronghold. My father in the ministry says, a stronghold is the mindset viewed as unchangeable in our minds. I, I, I like one, one, one of my friends, he said, a stronghold is something that's stubborn in your mind that you refuse to let go. Um, 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 and, so, and so Paul sets us up to understand these things. Some of, some of the strongholds some of us deal with, if I can lay a foundation, is we deny the impact of the past on our present. Y'all quiet on me in here. I'm... Y'all all right out there? God bless you. I love you. Mwah. This is all love. We're going to get to the good stuff. Stay with me. Stay with me now. But many of us deny the impact of our past on the present. Many of us want to move forward too fast, but don't want to deal with some stuff that happened in our childhood. Some of, us, some of us don't realize the impact of our child rearing on us and some things that's happened in our lives that Satan used. Because strongholds isn't just a sin that you do. Stronghold can be the wrong response to something that happened to you. And then you build that as a stronghold. Let me see if I can make a plan. If your father was abusive to you, you, you grow up and, you, and as a kid you say, I'll never want to be like my father. Guess what you're doing right there? You're making your father, not being your father, the standard for fatherhood. By making him the standard. Instead of saying, what's God like as a father? And then I'll flow out of my parenting or fatherhood like that. Because what, what happens is, when we, we, can, we can have something bad happen to us and have a response that's not a biblical response, but what we do is we build an unbiblical altar in our hearts and minds that rules our life, and then we get stuck, and we wonder, why isn't my life moving forward? Why does it seem like areas of my life seem like they're on shackles and seems like they're on lockdown? And God is saying to you, I got some mindsets in your life that I want to cover in your life. I love you, not to the moon and back because I'm wider than all of that. I love you with every fabric of my omnipotent essence. And he said, I love you so much that I'm not going to let you get away with remaining the same. Oh, you should have shouted and ran around the room at that moment. 
that God loves you enough to not, if God bothers you, be thankful. If God convicts you, you should shout and clap your hands. But but if he doesn't bother you and you don't feel no conviction of the Holy Ghost, be very scared. Very scared. And so we go over now. We go over now to Judges 6. And we go into the book of Judges where it says everybody did was like, Right in their own eyes. In other words, everybody got a stronghold. It was a full-on national stronghold. We're just going to do what we want to do. That's the stronghold in Israel at that time. You know, and everything just orbits that. Everything just goes under that. Um, but we, we come to a situation where God would bring up the judges and deal with judges when he's utilizing them as means to get um, God's people free. But the thing about the judges many times that we'll see is you can't help nobody else get free until you get free. You can't help nobody until you let God help you. And before Gideon was going to help Israel, God had to help Gideon get free because how are you going to tell somebody with freedom is life if you ain't never experienced it? <laughs> and so before... He can help them get free. God got to deal with his stuff. And what I like about God is God does it. So, number one, I got one point, one point only. I got one point, one point. If you are going to shatter and break the strongholds in your life, you got to know this. You must have a divine encounter with God. You got to have a divine encounter with God. Look what it says. It says... The angel of the Lord came, <laughs> love this, <laughs> came and, uh, uh, came, uh, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiazrite, the uh, son, uh, 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 his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that God shows up, stands there, and uses what I call, I'm, a, I'm in the Star Trek and stuff and Star Wars, so forgive my nerdiness. God had cloaking technology. Cloak, cloaking. In other words, cloaking. He's there, but he's invisible, but he's looking at you. What's interesting about this is that God shows up and watches Gideon in his stronghold. Now, 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 now why would he... Sit under the tree. Now, it was interesting. He wasn't standing on the tree. He was chilling, sitting under the tree. God made himself comfortable while he spied on Gideon. But know what's so beautiful about this? This, 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 should, this can be the end of the sermon right here. This was so beautiful about that right there. Know what's beautiful about it? Is that God didn't let Gideon's stronghold get in the way of him coming after him. God makes the advance. Gideon doesn't. The beauty of the gospel is the gospel is the story about God coming after us. Even when you're in your mess, your worst place or the worst thing you thought you did that you believed at that moment you were unlovable in, God was standing there coming right after your crazy behind. He was coming after you. He was, coming after, he was coming after you with a relentless love. And, well, and what's interesting is, 
is, is, is that Gideon is beating wheat in a wine press. Well, that would seem like something normal, but that's not normal because you, you beat wheat on the threshold and you let the wheat separate from the tares. Uh, 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 you, that's, that's where you develop that. Uh, the wine press is where you press grapes to make wine. The, the, the wheat is supposed to be thrown out there. So that means that based on the issue that he was having with the Midianites, he started using things that had a purpose for something else for something else. Okay. So you know you're bound when something that's used for one thing changes from being used to what it was ordained for and now being used for something else. What, what do I call that? I call that functional dysfunctionality. That's, that's what it is, family. Functional dysfunctionality... It is, is when you, you start using stuff for its improper purpose and repurposing stuff to build it around your funkiness, and then it becomes normal. Oh, okay, okay, let me, let me see if I can make a plane. Uh, 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 I, I grew up in kind of a hoarding house, and we, well, God blessed us to clean it out, but my wife and I used to watch this show called Hoarders. Now, um, and if, if you in that situation, we're not you know, making fun of anybody. But, 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 but this episode was interesting. So this woman was like, you got to help my mama. You got to help her. Uh, she will not get rid of, she has a hundred cats in the house. You know, just this, this, that, and the third. And so the people from Hoarders walked up to the house. And as they were walking up to the house, they, they, they noticed an, an aromatic expression that was seeping through the bricks of the home. When they opened the door, everybody outside backed up. But what was, and they, and they were just like this, just like covering themselves up. But what was, what was strange is the woman stood at the door like nothing was wrong. And the reason why she stood at the door like nothing was wrong is because she had been in her mess so long, it was normal to her. See, when we deal with strongholds in our lives, what once was a stench becomes perfume. And, and, and what God wants to do in your life tonight is reawaken you to the fact that there's a problem. That's the first thing he wants to do. That's the first thing he wants to do. And so as he begins to do this, to reawaken them, that family, it's a problem, right? So God... It sees him beating wheat under the wine press. He uncloaks himself. That would have scared the daylights out of me. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Now, hold on. It said he's hiding wheat. He's hiding wheat from the Midianites by going to the wine press that's more private than being out in public at the, at, at the threshing floor, threshing wheat. Now, to me, if he was about that life. Now, God just told him, in, in, he called him what's called an Eshechayel. That, 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 means, that means a mighty man of valor. That, that's, that's like David's dudes, like Joab. You know, Joab when them was crazy. Joab was them, was thugs with a badge. I mean, they was wild. Joab, I mean, one time this dude was cussing David out. When he was going out of the kingdom, when Absalom took over, and Joab said, let him say something again. Hey, Dave, look, man, look, I got the sword right here, fam. I, I will slice my man's head off his shoulders, have it at your ankles. What you, what you want your boy to do? I mean, what you need? I mean, 
You understand? I mean, like, like the mighty men of valor were like 15 of them. It'd be 15 of them, and they'll go in like this uh, with, with, with something in their mouth and bend it off, and, and they'll wipe stuff on their face, and they'll be like, it's 15,000 of them. And they'll look at each other. They don't disturb. They don't stand a chance, do they? The mighty men of valor were crazy. They were valiant warriors. God calls Gideon a valiant warrior while he's hiding from his enemies. Okay. I got to go down the street to the Pentecostal church. Um, <laughs> in, 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 other words, in other words, God sees him not based on where he is. But God sees him right now. Like us, we look at him, he's a sucker, like we say in the hood. He don't, he don't, want, that, he don't want that work, we say. But in God's eyes, God doesn't see where you are only. He sees what you're like when he transforms you into the person that he anointed you to be. And so to get you out of where you are, to get you out where you are, God does not merely talk to you about how messed up you are. He gives you a vision of what he wants you to be like. Oh, I'm by myself. So let me see if I can make it plain. Let me see if I can make it plain. Um, 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 God, you know, we used to play, we used to play make it, take it basketball back in the day. And so that means you go out to the basketball court, you bring your team, you bring the right team so that you can kill it. You want to hold, you want to own the court, pass the, the whole time you out there. So you get your right starting five cats. And we going out there, KB, no scrubs on the team. No scrubs in Jesus' name. Right? No scrubs, right? And so, and so, but God is God. Can I, I, I want to be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, listen, God's weird. Now, please, stay with me. I know, don't call me heretic again. He's weird. If God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit went out to the basketball court, just imagine them with some shorts on, some Kobe sixes on, and they bouncing, and they go out, and God the Father, God the Son, God the, Father, God the Son, God the Father chewing some gum, and they about to pick a team to go against some people. Now, if they hit you on gum, he said, Pops, you always choose. Go ahead and choose the team. Jesus told God the Father because he chooses based on Ephesians chapter 1, who comes on the team. Jesus saves and the Spirit seals, so you choose, Pops. So God the Father look around and say, Shorty over there. He was sitting over there 10 hours. Ain't nobody picked him. He said, Come on on the team. And then, then he picks the homegirl over there. She said, Come on on the team. And everybody on the court who's beast at what they do are looking like, Oh, we about to sweep them. Um, but, 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 because see, why? Because God's a bad talent scout. See, God doesn't look for talent. He gives it. <laughs> so he don't need you to bring nothing to the table. When it's time for things to work out in the world, what he does is he said, I'll pick the worst of you, draft you on my team, and give you skills. And so that when you get on my team and I give my life to you, that people will know that it wasn't you that helped you to win, but it was me. And so when God calls you out your name, when he calls you out your name, he calling you up, not down, family. He calls you mighty woman of God. 
If you've been raped, he calls you virgin. If you've been molested, he calls you whole. If he calls you, if, if you've been abused and experienced psychological trauma, he calls you counselor. God calls you what you are, because he has vision for you. He got things for you to do. And so he says, but I'm not going to just throw you into the fight without you being healed. And so what he begins doing, look at the text. Look what he begins doing. He says, he says, he says to him, Gideon said to him after he said he's a mighty warrior, he said, please. <laughs> he don't know who he's talking to yet, right? Because he wouldn't be talking like that to, to Yahweh if he knew he was talking to the mighty one. And so he said, my Lord, he said, I'm going to be respectful. That's Hebrew for sir. He said, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Now, it's funny. This was funny about this. God didn't get y'all into that. Y'all got y'all into that. It's funny when hell breaks loose in our life because of stuff we did, we act like God did it. That's called a stronghold. When you did it, then you blame God for it. Look, look what happens. It says, and where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? He doesn't believe anymore. He's functioning as a functional atheist. It says, they said, Hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us? It's funny. He's saying the Lord has abandoned us while God is standing in front of him. And what I like about God is he can handle our frustration with him. Did you hear me? Some of you under the sound of my voice right now are frustrated with God. You feel like he's abandoned you. You feel like he's left you. You feel like he's not hearing your prayers, but he's right there. Because my Bible says he's near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's right there with you. And he says, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him. Now it says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. He said, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel for my face? He said, I give it his, his resume. My family weak in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's house. And then God says the major word. He said, but I will be with you. Amen. Then at this point, Gideon begins to learn that it's God. So he goes through and he starts doing his Hebrew hospitality thing. And he knows that it's God. And he's like, oh, I didn't die. And he's blown away, and God said, all right, you experience my presence. I'm here, ha-ha, I'm here, hallelujah, I'm here, right? But God says, now, 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 what you're going to have to do is something interesting, Gideon. Look at verse 25. This is when we got to start working, y'all. He says, on that night, the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull and second bull seven years old. Then tear down. Somebody say tear down. Tear down. The altar of Baal that belongs to your father. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, so God is going. Listen, so this tells us that if the altar is in his dad's house, that means that his dad turned their house into an idol temple. And so God said, before you deliver Israel, you're going to have to go back home and deal with some stuff. 
And he said, I want you to tear down the, 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 the altar to Baal, and I want you to tear down the Asherah pole. Now, you got to understand, Baal was meant to be the god of, uh, 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 of causing it uh, uh, to rain, and Asherah was also a fertility goddess. So Israel, during their time of famine away from God, providing for them the way they did, they began trusting in other things. And so God says, before I can do what I want to do in you and in Israel, you got to remove the things that's in a way of me releasing blessing. The word there is interesting in the Hebrew for the word cut down. The word cut down for the Asherah is the word means to cut it up at its root. So now some of y'all got some issues that you're going to have to check back to and trail back to the origin of it. Some of us got some stuff in our life. I remember when I was a, a vicious porn addict. And the reason why I was a vicious porn addict is because I thought the devil made better sex than Jesus. Now, how, how can he make better sex than Jesus when he's not the manufacturer of it? But in my mind, I, be, I let the devil make me think that because God has more, the devil seems to have more options in the world for sexual pleasure in my mind, that God, being with one person under God for the rest of my life would be the most unpleasurable thing. But little did I know that God had more pleasure in the relationship than he created as you grow as one instead of being dumped into a place and destroying your life. And so I had to begin to say, oh, those people on the screen, they are the image of God. I had to begin pulling up the strongholds in my mind that gave me freedom to be in that. And I had to begin to say, God created sex for procreation, recreation, connection, uh, consecration, all these different things. And when my mind began to change about it, then I was able to walk away from it. It wasn't enough for somebody to tell me, don't do it. I needed the new stuff there, but I had to uproot those bad thoughts in my mind. What in your life is a bad thought that you know is trifling, that you need to uproot? But what I like about God is God says in here, he says, in the same place, look, 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 look what it says. It says, build a well-constructed, somebody say well-constructed. It says, a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on top of his mound. What does that mean? In the same place where you used to worship Baal and Asherah. When you cut that down, build an altar to me. So in that same place you used to do your dirt, in the same place where that mindset was of what happened to you, I want you to uproot that particular thing and now plant truth in that place. So, so now, 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 now you're able to now be used mightily by God because now you've been healed. Healing doesn't come because you can't just leave it untouched. You can't just tear down the altar and not put nothing in its place because then it will be rebuilt again. Okay, let me see if I can make a plan. Uh, we bought a, uh, we bought a, a building. Uh, it's about 100 and almost 20 years old. That's a building that our church owns. And um, when we first moved in the building, it's a, it's a warehouse, four-floor warehouse. And when we bought it, um, it was rats, bats, um, everything that could be in a city ecosystem was utilizing that as their place to uh, basically squat. <laughs> and so when I got the exterminator, 
He said, before I come in, Pastor, you got to open up everything. He said, you got to open up everything. I said, why? He said, because if I clean part of it, but this other stuff here, when the doors open over here, it'll reinfest what was cleaned. And so what you have to do, if you want to be clean for the long term, if you want the infestation gone for the long term, you got to open up every area of this building and let me in it so that I can clean it. That's what God is saying to you tonight. God says open every area of your life, every dark area, every closed area, every area, because he wants to make you comprehensively clean, not partially clean. God wants you comprehensively clean. But listen to this. I'm closing because I want to pray for you because I want to pray for you. Look at what happened. Look at what's said here. This is interesting. Look at the text. It says, now, now, now Gideon went and did this. Now look at verse 28. Watch, watch y'all. It says, when the men of the city got up in the morning, they found Baal's altar torn down. The Asherah pole beside it cut down and a second bull offered up on the altar that had been built. They said to each other, who did this? After they made a thorough investigation, they said, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. And then the men of the city said to Joash, bring your son out. Bring out your son. He must die. In other words, what does that mean? When you get free, don't expect everybody to be happy. There's some people that is depending on you to remain bound. That they're using you. And they're leeching off of you as long as you're bound. But my Bible says, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm, I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. I was watching this movie. Um, I used to watch some horror movies, so I don't watch them as much no more uh, because I feel things. You know, I, that's the charismatic side of me. Um, some of you can watch anything. I believe in open doors and stuff. I don't watch stuff with demons and stuff like that. But it was this movie. And this is one where um, uh, th th this, this, this guy could get in people's dreams and just, just tear them up in their dreams and it would mess them up in reality. But what would happen is, is when you realize you was in a dream and actually you had power and you stopped fearing the one who thought he had power over your dreams, that you could now override that person and take over your dreams because you no longer fear him. I'm believing tonight that some of you are going to stop fearing the enemy who's been destroying you and trying to destroy the godly dreams that God has put in you for his glory and for his kingdom and that you would awaken and understand that the dream, the dream king is with you and he's going to pull you out of this on tonight. Every head bow, every eye closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as Savior. That's primary for us. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and got up from the grave in order that we may go from spiritual death to spiritual life. And so he wants to save you by you putting your confidence in him by faith. And once you put your confidence in him by faith, you go from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection based on his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. If you're here today and you don't know Yeshua, you don't know Jesus as Savior, you don't know Jesus, you don't know him. Hold your hand, one hand in the air. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. Not rededication, but him saving you initially, saving you and taking you from disconnection to connection. Anybody in this place today that says, yes, 
I want to say yes to Jesus Christ. I want to say yes to his will, yes to his way, and give my life to him because he gave his life for me. Anyone? With every head by every eye closed, if today God walked up your alley and talked to you about the fact that you need to deal with a stronghold in your life, either something that happened to you or something that you're bound in, I want to pray for you. Stand up real quick and come forward. I want to pray for you. Thank you for coming up. I see y'all coming already. Come on up. God wants you free. God wants you free. God wants you free. God says, uh, it may be something you're believing and you're just like, God, I don't believe you'll do it, but it, and you know it's something good that he wants to do, but you're struggling with unbelief in that area of your life. God wants to fill you with belief. He wants to fill you with strength. He wants to fill you with power. Anybody else? Don't, if, 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 you, if you feel a nudging, that's him talking to you. If you feel a nudging, that's him. I see you coming from the back. We're going to wait for you. We're going to wait for you. I see you, brother. Thank you for being bold enough to stand up. Anybody else? Anybody else that says, yes, 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 God, I need freedom. I need comprehensive peace in my life. God, I've been bound to this particular thing for a while. And God, I need to let go and let you, Lord God. I need to let go and let you, God. Anybody else? We will wait for you. We will wait for you. I see you coming. We're going to wait for you. If you're wrestling, that's just him talking to you. That's not him being mean to you. That's him loving on you. Maybe it's something that's a stronghold in your life. It's not necessarily a sin, but it's something that you know God wants you to do. But you feel helpless in doing it. And you know he wants you to do it, but your fear is grasping you. That's a stronghold. I want to pray for you. Amen. Father God, thank you for these men and women that have come forward. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for us. And that plan for us is that we would be your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, the good works, God, are already created. Now we got to walk in them. The good works are waiting for us. And God, I pray that you would help every man and woman under the sound of my voice open up areas of their life that they haven't opened ever before. Areas that they've been fearful of opening. Areas that they're embarrassed of opening. No matter how long ago it was, Lord God, and I pray for that person right now that's feeling guilty because they felt like they should have dealt with it a long time ago. I come against that in Jesus' name because they're being willing to deal with it today. Help them not to walk in no guilt today, God but help them to know that if they felt like they wasted their time and wasted their life, you can restore to them the years that the locusts have eaten. You can make their life feel like that they've been walking in truth for all the time that they were bound. And God, I pray that you would give them the precision to go into those different areas of their life and tear it out. Help them to be skilled at it, know exactly how to deal with it. And that, God, they will walk in the long-term tools to walk in freedom in you, God. But then from there, Lord God, that you would help them to place in the place of that, Lord God, truth. Truth. The Word of God that would be an altar to them. And you said, set aside Christ as Lord in your hearts. Do that, Lord. Help them to be skilled at making Jesus Christ the most important person 
in every area of their life. And God, you said that when you pray, you should do it with thanksgiving, Lord God. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, we give you all the honor. God, we give you all the praise. And we believe you that it's done already in the mighty name of Jesus. We trust you. We lift you high, God. We lift you high, God. We lift you high and we worship you for it's already done. And as we worship, tear down the walls in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, everybody agree with that said, amen and amen.